This is Viterbi Voices. Coming to you from the University of Southern California Viterbi School of Engineering. We're here to give you the inside scoop about research, classes, student life, and so much more. All of these shared from our students, faculty, and other members of our USC community. everyone and welcome back to the Turby Voices. This is Emily Pallas. I am a senior studying biomedical engineering. And my name is Paul Ledesma, also one of your co-hosts, the Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. Awesome. How are you doing, Paul? I am doing great. It's it's Friday morning. We're recording this on Friday morning. I have my coffee. I've already, I've done my yoga workout for the day already. And so I feel very I feel very loose and grounded. I'm, I'm like, I'm like ready for my day. We'll see how that goes throughout the day. Nice. I didn't know you do oh. yoga. So I didn't either uh, until this year. Uh, this this year, uh, it, it's been a new pandemic, uh, end of pandemic hobby. I now do yoga every other day, um, and so about do about forty five minutes. Uh, I'm doing energetic flows. I'm working on that. I, I worked on oh, my cool. crow this morning. I did. Uh, I did hen. I did, uh, I did baby crow successfully and I'm getting closer to doing crow, which is really challenging, uh, but I'm getting there. So that's super cool. I love do doing yoga? arm balances. I used to do it a lot and then I, I tore my hamstrings. So it kind of yoga uh, was out of the equation for a little bit. I feel like any injury takes you out of all yoga whatsoever. Yeah. Like I can't, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. Uh, it's weird. I never thought I would get into yoga and I'm like really digging it. And it, and I feel, sometimes I feel really weird doing it. And also I'm like a super competitive person. And so I get really mad at myself if I can't do something, like if I fall out of a pose, um, or like today I was like, I don't even know what the term is, but I was like doing this one leg balance and my one leg, my one foot was in one arm over here and my, my left arm, my right arm's this way and I'm twisted. Oh, and dancer's pose. It wasn't dancer. It was like, okay, okay face forward, turn to your right. Um, what leg went up? I don't remember. Um, maybe my left leg goes up this way and my right arm goes back that way. Right. And so I'm just oh, cool. like holding on to that and it slipped and I got like, <laughs> my, <laughs> my wife comes in at the end of the day, like I come back from yoga or I come back from inside because I do it outside usually. And she's like, I don't think you're supposed to yell during yoga because <laughs> 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 you can hear me curse when I get uh, out of something. <laughs> anyway, that's a long story. Um, but I love yoga now. Uh, and oh, by the way, teaser for the end of this episode, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing uh, this weekend. And it's related to yoga. But before we All do right. that, let me tell you about this episode. And I'm sorry you weren't able to be there, but I know you already listened to it. Uh, this mm-hmm. is one of our alumna, uh, she uh, alumna, excuse me. And she is uh, super, super cool. Jackie Lowe graduated with her degree in industrial and systems engineering in 2016. Um, she is a, uh, this is the perfect episode for anyone who has been, let's say gently pushed into engineering by their parents. Uh, and so like, if, if you have a mom or dad saying like, you should get into engineering and you're just like kind of fighting them tooth and nail and you're not into it, listen to this episode, because I think that, I don't think she ever fought 
her dad tooth and nail, but I think that she was kind of gently pushed into it. I think she had the mindset. I think her dad knew that. And she found her way through this degree program and has now done some amazing stuff for a number of different companies and corporations. I don't want to tease it too much, but like you name it, she's worked on it. And she's now uh, a budding entrepreneur. Uh, she has started her own business, which is super cool. And also a COO of a brand new startup because uh, she's completely left kind of the, uh, uh, the, the the traditional work model behind. And it's super exciting to hear her journey. So uh, I, I've, I've wasted too much time in this intro. I'm sorry, Emily, but let's get out of the way and get it straight over to talk to Jackie. Hey, Paul. How's it going? Hi. How are you? I'm good. It's been a little while. <laughs> it's been a long while, and I honestly can't remember how long it's been. I graduated 2016, so five years. Five years. Wow. I can't believe it. It just seems like yesterday I was going through. I was going through your LinkedIn profile and I was like, is it 2015? Is it 2016? I cannot remember. It's around that time period. Holy cow. I know. Well, you're looking good. Everything's going really well for you, it seems. Yeah, everything's great. Very busy, but all good stuff. So can't complain. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, how's everything on your side? Everything's great. Everything's great. Uh, you know, it, it, this week in particular, it's a crazy week. We're getting ready to, uh, quote unquote, go back uh, to campus. Uh, so there's lots of behind the scenes moving and stuff like that happening uh, just lots of little projects that keep popping up but overall things are going going very very well nice was last year just like all virtual event i can't even imagine what that must have been like for yeah. admissions and that's crazy yeah i think that if you know going into it it was panic mode and well not panic it was just like scrambling like okay what are we going to do let's shift everything online luckily we were ready for it and we had uh we have a good team that we can, we can make that run. And it was very successful. And then when we hit the summer, it was like, okay, let's, let's keep doing that and expand. And then, you know, yeah. we did great stuff. VSAs, the, the student ambassadors did good stuff. Um, and it, it just, it worked really, really well. Um, being remote was really, really strong. I mean, no on-campus activity, no in-person interaction, which is weird. Yeah. It, it kind of gets you a little bit, but uh, we're good now. Now we're going to go to Stick with the virtual for now, uh, and we'll have a little bit of in-person maybe as we go, but everything, I, I use the sentence probably twice a day, three times a day, uh, much is in flux. So you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, welcome to our, our podcast. Uh, this is exciting. Are, are you a big podcast listener? I am a very big fan of Armchair Expert, which is yeah. Shepherds. That's like, I listen to it. I just got a notification the other day. You're in the top 6% of listening. I was like, oh my gosh, I think I listen more than most people. So Holy yes. cow. Very wow. obsessed. Um, I love it. But I've never been on one. So this is definitely new. Well, this 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 is your first entry into the armchair expert type world. I listened to that <laughs> as well. I, I'm very well versed in, in that podcast. I enjoy it a lot. Um, have you listened to their their new one with with uh, with Kristen Bell and uh, Monica? The we're I did. By? Yeah, I started listening to that. Um, it's really good. I listened to the Abby Wombat one. I think that's her name, the soccer player. Uh -huh. um, really interesting perspective on just like women and in the workplace and like the pay gap and yeah. all of those topics. So really, really interesting stuff they touch on. Fascinating. If you haven't done so, if you like Armchair Expert, I also recommend to all my friends Smartless. If you haven't listened to okay. Smartless. Um, with I haven't, no. It's this, it's like the same realm of, it seems like the same friendship of, of, uh, Hollywood people. Like they're all buddies. 
they're mm-hmm. all friends with Jimmy Kimmel. And so like they all just have inside jokes and they all interview their friends. So it's it's very funny. It's Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and Sean Hayes. And they all get together. Oh, nice. That's an awesome fun. group. That's yeah, a I'll fun check one. it out. That's a fun one. That's on the rotation. Um, well, Jackie, welcome. And this is... Uh, you know, Emily couldn't be here today. She's going through a lot of stuff as she wraps up her end of the summer. So I apologize for that. I'm, you, you, it's boring. You just get me. And to our <laughs> listeners out there, I'm sorry. You just get me. Um, but Jackie, why don't you start off by telling uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself as far as like where you came from and uh, you know how you found yourself at USC? Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm Jackie Lowe. I'm from Los Angeles, born and raised. I still live in LA now. What part of LA did you come from? Sorry, I'm jumping in right away. I'm not even letting you no, talk. No, you're I'm totally sorry. good. No, please do. Um, I grew up, well, when I was first born, I lived in Ladera Heights, which mm-hmm. is on the West side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moved to Culver city for a while and then went to USC. And then now I'm, um, back on the West side again. So I'm in Ladera Heights now oh, awesome very cool very yeah. cool ladera heights is an awesome part of town uh it's always one of those things where i'm like oh yeah this is cool it's like right in the middle of everything yeah and it's funny because i'll tell people that are from la that i'm from here and there's so many people that don't know of ladera heights even mm-hmm. though it is central so it's kind of funny awesome so you're in ladera heights cool and you grew up in that in area the- ladera heights culver yeah. city area Grew up over here, um, went to high school in sherman oaks so i went to private catholic at notre dame high school oh so- notre dame. Yes. So that was a bit of a drive uh, for those not from LA listening. It's like going from the West side to the Valley is quite a stretch. So it's like 45 minutes each way. But um, yeah, for me, it was more about finding a school that had a really strong um, athletics program and also coming from a very small elementary school that was, it was private Catholic, also 30 kids per class. And you're with the same kids from K to eight. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just one of those things where I was like, I want the football games and the Friday <laughs> night lights experience. So kind of went for it and ended up at Notre Dame in the Valley, which was awesome. Um, and then found my you way say to 45 USC. minutes. That's a good day. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a good day. 45 minute drive. Yeah, agreed. And luckily, like I played a lot of sports. So we had very early lifting sessions at like 6am. So I would usually be beating a lot of the traffic and then I'd have games through the evening. So not too terrible. What'd you play in high school? Um, Freshman year, I played basketball and then decided I hated all the running. So I stopped. (laughs) Um, But I also hate or freshman year through senior year also played volleyball. That was my main sport. Volleyball. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I am we're, I'm currently trying to indoctrinate my daughter into any sport, to be honest with you. And it's, it's becoming a reality to me that she's has no interest and it's really bumming me out, but like my one, she's six. And so trying to get her into something and like, of course, soccer is kind of like hit or miss each week. Like I might want to do it. I might want to quit. I don't like it. And then I have fun with my friends. Uh, and then volleyball has been the latest one. So we've been doing every weekend beach volleyball classes and, and I'm like, this is it. This is, this is it for you. You're going to be tall. You could do this. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I feel she's pretty young still. She's got time. I didn't even get into sports till I was probably in like sixth grade. Okay. So I think she's got some time to figure it out. Okay, cool. So volleyball was the main sport and you're at, you're at Notre Dame high school and you, what made you look at USC? Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of 
campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long, but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit. Hope to see you soon. So USC has been a through and through like passion for my family forever. My dad went to USC also. So grew up in that Trojan family. He's like huge into the football games, the tailgating. So I, before I could walk, was basically wearing a song girl outfit. So it was always, it was one of those stories, you know, like it was the dream to go there, um, tried to apply myself to have the skills to get in. And then luckily it all worked out. So it was kind of a no brainer, honestly. Awesome. Um, what, you, did, did you always want to stay in the LA area? Like regardless of USC, did you want to like, was this LA, Southern California through and through? Um. I mean, I definitely thought about it. I applied to schools kind of all over, like everyone does. I applied to some schools in Texas and, you know, uh, Indiana and none really all the way on the East Coast. But um, I thought about it. I was like thinking, I think my concern was if I stay local, will I really branch out and, you know, discover myself like everyone says you will in college and the whole cliche. So it definitely crossed my mind. But I think in the end, you you get so submerged into the day-to-day of college. You're living there. So even yeah. though maybe it's 20 minutes from your parents, it still feels like your own experience. So right. in the end, just did it anyway. And honestly, it was the best decision I could have made. So um, I'm glad I stayed in LA. And I think it's also just a hard place to leave. You know, yeah, like it it's, is. you got the beaches, the weather. It's it's. I don't know if I'll ever leave LA, honestly. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I, I Are you from strong. here? I'm from Orange County. Uh, I grew up in Orange County and then uh, I went to USC. But once it was always kind of like a thing of like, once I leave Orange County, I'm I'm not going back. Um, <laughs> and so just yeah. the, the LA area in general and then what you said, like the beaches and everything, it's just, you can't, you can't do wrong. You can't do, you can't do better than this. So why would I, I love to travel, love to visit. I tell my wife all the time, I love to travel, love to visit places. I'm fine visiting all those places. I love living here. <laughs> Although yeah, it's a very expensive place to live. hundred <laughs> percent. And you learn that lesson real quick. Once you graduate, it's real like, right, quick. off into life. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, oh my God, that's how much all my bills are. Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> totally real life. Real life hits you quick. What was, so like when you're looking at schools, was it like, it seems like the underlying thread there was like, um, uh, a bigger vibe, uh, spirit vibe, uh, like, you know, that college experience, the kind of like, I, I want to love where I go and, and kind of have that uh, alumni sticker all the time, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. Right. That was a big part of it. I just knew I wanted to be somewhere that felt like me. And I think for me, that was having both the really like rigorous academics and knowing that there is also a really strong network tied to the school because, and I am just, especially after graduating, have realized the strength of the network that you would always hear like, oh, Trojan family, it's, you yeah. know, going to get you, you're going to meet awesome people and, you know, you drink the Kool-Aid and that's awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, once I graduated, I've had so many experiences and opportunities open themselves up to me because of the USC network. So I think that was a big one, even early of like, I know I want to go somewhere with a strong network. 
Um, and then also, you know, in addition to having like the academics and all of that, obviously being the priority, wanting to have fun, you know, like work hard, play hard, go to the football games, do, I did Greek life when I was at USC. So having that experience was super fun. All of that played a part. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit more about that. So you find yourself at USC and, and as much as, you know, your dad probably beat it into you that you were going into USC <laughs> your dad's hardcore, right? Your hardcore yeah. alum and, and an engineering alum too, right? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pushing gentle or otherwise in, in this direction, <laughs> but you find yourself at USC, you're your own person. You're there. It's a, it's a, it's a relatively big place compared to any high school. Um, how did you start navigating those first years? What, what did you start to reach out to as far as involvement wise? And what, what are things that you thought you wanted to do? You end up, you realize I don't, what are things you discovered uh, all along the way? What, what was that transition like for you? That's a good question. Um, I think I knew, like I said before, I did do Greek life. So I think that was one thing that almost felt like a comfort knowing, Hey, mm-hmm. if I go through this process of rush, you're automatically going to have 200 girls that are now supposedly your friends, right? So it's kind of that like family initially when you get to the school that makes it a little less intimidating because you're part of this group out of the gate, which I think it's actually changed. I'm not sure. I know when I was there, it was like the week, the first week of classes, you were going through that whole recruitment process, which yeah, it's a little overwhelming to be honest. So it's probably for the best, Um, (laughs) but, but it was good. You know, I met a lot of people. I'm still really good friends with a lot of those girls. So that was one thing I knew I wanted to do. My sister also, she went to U of A, um, but she did the whole Greek life thing and loved it. So that was one thing I definitely knew I wanted to do. Um, As far as things I thought I would like, I honestly thought that I was going to continue doing like intramurals and things Hmm. because I did play sports so much. And I honestly didn't really get into it too much. Not by lack of wanting to, I think just got carried away with other things and never got into it. And then senior year, I took a volleyball class just because I had extra credits and thought it'd be fun. So yeah. that was kind of the extent of, of that. Okay. Um, and, and you ended up uh, studying industrial and systems engineering. Was this always That's the plan? Right. No. So when I first got to USC, even prior, I guess, to applying, you know, you always have to most often declare what you want. I think there's options, as you know, best, you can put just generic engineering, or you can come and declared. Um, but I figured if I apply for one of what I thought was one of the harder majors, it'd be easier later if I change my mind to switch into something else. So it was kind of like the safe move, I guess. So okay. when I first applied, I was an electrical engineering major. And your dad was an um, electrical engineer. Yes, right. he was. So that probably definitely had to, <laughs> played, that, played a role. The guiding hand. Yeah, exactly. So I started off as that. Um, and then it was, I want to say midway through sophomore year, I just wasn't super passionate about what I was learning. I think a lot of the core skills of you know problem solving and all the things that are aligned with engineering in general, I still really liked. It's just some of like the classes around building circuits mm-hmm. and all of those things just weren't things I could see myself doing longer term. And I started to do more research on careers and just didn't really see that lining up with what I wanted to do. So I thought a little bit more like a business focus, a little bit less technical made more sense for me. So I switched to industrial systems engineering and I loved it. So it was definitely the right move. Great. I think that so many, it's funny. I was just on a, on a call with a prospective student right before this. And so many of our students 
in the kindest way possible are basically asking me, so I have this plan in my head of exactly how my life's going to work out. Will it work out that way? That's kind of how like every one of their questions yeah. run. Um, what would you do if you're talking to a group of high school students that think that way? Like, how would you tell them about oh their life gosh. in the future? Because <laughs> their parents yeah. tell them this all the time. They just don't believe them. Yeah, I think that's so tough. I mean, life is going to take you in so many twists and turns. And honestly, even like my professional path and the careers and decisions I've made, I couldn't have guessed in a million years that where I am right now is where I would be when I was going into college. And I think it's okay not to know and okay to just say yes to a bunch of different things and see where it takes you. So I get that anxiety and that feeling of college is this place and it's magical and it's going to, I have to know all the answers, but realistically college is the time to experiment with a lot of different interests, see what you like, meet people that have different opinions and pivot and keep pivoting and learning and taking nuggets from all of those experiences and then really building you. And I think for me, that's been one of the ways of just saying yes and taking opportunities, many outside of my comfort zone to really figure that out. So I think for someone who's not sure, just go for it and be open to the twists and turns. And honestly, they're probably going to be better than if you stick with just what you think, because someone told you that's what you should be doing, or you think it's the safe bet. Right. So I'm going to push back a little bit because the majority yeah. of our says, Oh yeah, sure. That works for you, but you don't understand me. I'm an engineer and I am definite in my plans. Like, you know, there's always that pushback of like, yeah, that applies yeah. to those that those people that are like liberal arts majors, you know, like that, that it, it's kind <laughs> yeah. of what, that's kind of what the, the internal high school confident pre-engineer thinks it's like, mm -hmm. so how do you say like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you think that's true for them, but this is also true for you. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. That's hard. I mean, honestly, for me, like when I was a VSA also, I think just like speaking to your experiences and showing them how it does apply to engineering. Yeah. So for instance, like my journey, what I mean, as I mentioned, I switched from electrical engineering to industrial systems engineering. Yeah. Um, and then through some of the courses I had, um, senior year in particular, actually, I guess if we even go back further, I had a bunch of different internships while I was at USC. So I had one job that was like a technical sales positions. You had to have some engineering knowledge mm. to really sell the product. Didn't love the sales piece of it. Learned some awesome skills of how to talk to people and how to pitch things because you need that regardless. Sure. Then went into working at um, Southern California Gas Company. So I got into utilities and process and data analytics. Learned a lot of awesome things, but was not super passionate about you know working on utilities. So mm -hmm. moved on to another one that was at American Express. Um, same idea, learned a lot of great things around process transformation and um, system implementation, but were financial services what I wanted? Not really. And so I think it's those like strings of like, yeah. no, this isn't what I like are yeah. just as strong as the, yes, I like these little pieces and I'm going to use that to kind of build what I think I want and what I'm interested in. Right. And so even in engineering, you know, hey, I want to go in and do electrical engineering because it's a stable job and it sounds 
hard and I want to challenge myself, your passions will change as you grow and what your interests are. You don't even know at that point until you've really tried and just dove into the deep end. I think you just said something that triggered me that something I want to tell people uh, now that I, I should probably write this down. You probably want to go into engineering because you know, it's a stable job. But what I want you to know is that your engineering education provides you stability in an unstable job market, regardless of where you are. Yeah. Cause I think that's the issue mm-hmm. is that it's your education, your training, your ability to do things that keeps you stable, regardless of what your job is. It's not like, Oh, I have the engineering job. So therefore I'm good. It's like, or the aerospace engineering job or the electrical mm-hmm. engineering job. It's no, it's your engineering education that takes you hundred percent. Yeah. And like I was saying, I think it's those, you learn a lot of transferable skills through engineering mm-hmm. that apply across so many industries. So even if like right now, and we can get into, I guess my journey after USC in a little bit, but I am working with some other USC alums who I met from Viterbi actually oh, yeah. on building out a digital marketing agency, which most people in engineering, that's quite a departure. It's like, okay, like, do you know marketing? Yeah. Did you learn that in school? My answer is no, but I learned a lot of skills in order to run the operations of this company, scale it, understand how we can like offer different services, how we can be successful um, from a problem solving perspective for our clients. So even if you know you take those twists and turns that don't align with the traditional engineering background or traditional engineering job, you will have the skill set and the toolbox to your yeah. point to find that stability, find those jobs, and you know you'll be fine. I totally want to touch on that stuff, but I don't want to lose track of something. And yes. I, I'm 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 the one adding to the confusion here, so I apologize. But let's <laughs> let's let's pause for a moment and talk about industrial and systems engineering. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many words that you used. Um, you know, you, you talked about like process uh, engineering. I think you talked about process management. You talked about data, data analytics. You talked about financials. You talked about just building, scoping, uh, technical sales. And then when someone hears industrial and systems engineering, <laughs> it's the worst title for a degree program ever. Cause all you can think about is a big factory and like yep. some sort of old school, like, you know, smokestacks type situation. So can you help people understand what industrial system engineering is? And then maybe kind of walk through what were the classes that you took and what did you end up doing there? And then we can, and I totally want to get into your career because yes. it's super fascinating and interesting. And I think that when people know what it is, they, they would be super fascinated about it. Yes. I'm reeling myself back in. <laughs> so um, no, it's not your fault. No. I was, I'm the one that's like, let's keep going. I'm like, Oh, no, we got to slow down. No, totally fine. Um, so industrial systems engineering, I think the best way to describe it is looking at things from a systematic perspective. You're understanding kind of the building blocks systematically to make something operational, efficient. Um, And I think looking at it from a course perspective, that might be the easiest way is you touch on a lot of different pieces, right? You'll have your core components that every engineer has like the math and the physics and those kind of math and science based courses, but you'll also have classes learning about um, database structuring. So if I were to build a system, what are the components that go in the back end to make this a successful database to actually run and store that information, right? So you learn things from how to actually build systems, understand the information that needs to be part of it, um, while also that data means nothing unless you know how to report on it. So you also have classes in data analytics, um, data visualization, um, and some of these things may differ depending on which uh, path you take within industrial systems engineering. I think there are some that are a little bit more like manufacturing focused and things like that. So that absolutely can be part of it. Um, and another piece too is looking at 
um, process transformation, process documentation. So what I mean by that is I'll take my senior design project as an example. Yeah. We got paired up with um, a company and you would basically go in as their short-term consultant. They would give you a problem statement and you would help them solve it. So for us, it was myself and two other um, ISC majors who worked with Northrop Grumman. And so our project was to understand their full end-to-end process for any time a piece of an airplane is created, it goes through basically this oven to make sure that it is up to code and standard for how they create these products. Mm -hmm. And they were having these bottlenecks in that process that were stopping it from being as efficient as possible. So we went in, we understood the current state of how that process functioned. We then identified anywhere that there were pain points. Why was this being held up? Why were these things delayed? Why aren't they, you know, why is there so much, um, so many errors or issues. So that whole process and then re-engineered that process to say, hey, if you get rid of X, Y, and Z and you move this piece a little bit closer to where the oven is, it's gonna save you time and efficiency. So that's kind of an example of, from a process perspective, some of the things you learn as well. Um, And you'll learn in your courses tools like value stream mapping, which are ways to actually document out that process. So it's a very long-winded way of saying it touches on process, it touches on how to build out actual systems and databases, how to visualize and report on different data. And um, also, I think another piece important to note is you do also get some components of business. So I did take a couple courses in economics, I took a couple courses in accounting. So you kind of touch on so many different pieces that give you the holistic view into a business um, as well. Absolutely. It's, It's the engineering of the real world. Right. It's, it's, exactly. it's where the engineering concepts go into the real world that meets with, with business analytics and bottom lines. And there's a lot of mathematical modeling in between. Mm-hmm. And there's just you being a human being trying to help understand how other human beings would live and work in this process to, to make things better, as, as simple as that sounds. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you learn these principles of lean, which is a yeah. concept that you know, comes from manufacturing for the most part of how do you take these things and make them work the best and get rid of all of the waste. And that was a big concept that I definitely heard and learned about through many of the courses that I took. And you can apply that in manufacturing, you can apply that in really any industry at all. Very cool. And so you go through this education at USC in industrial systems engineering. When you look back on it, was there one particular class that you're like, it always keeps coming up like the, a, a class or a lesson where you're like, Oh, that, that was that class again. Like you, you keep hitting it in your day to day. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, just because of where my career went, that design project class, which is like your senior mm-hmm. capstone mm-hmm. was the most, um, the most impactful, I would say. Um, the process documentation, understanding how businesses run, all of that has been, I went into consulting, which again, we can talk about in a little bit. Um, but it was one of those things that every time I had a new project, it was, all right, we're going to put together a value stream map. We're going to understand the process. We're going to lean this out. And I used that on countless projects and that was all within media entertainment. So as you can see, taking these concepts from North of Grumman and aerospace through to working at somewhere like Disney, it's kind of crazy, but those skills still work. And I used some of the same tools that we used in college, all of that. So I would say that class. And then I also had the database modeling class, which was a huge help. Um, I, like I said, went to work with a lot of companies on building out um, enterprise solutions and systems. Mm. And so a piece of that 
was architecting their databases and understanding what data needed to exist, how it needed to communicate with one another. So those, um, that class, I mean, learning how to put together those diagrams and how different data communicates yeah. was completely essential to be successful at that. So I, I often talk about how industrial systems engineering is like the world's worst named degree because it doesn't say <laughs> yes. what you actually do. What what? Let's workshop some ideas here. What what do you think we should rename that? What, what should that degree be oh. called? Because it is it is not one thing. That's the hard part. That is a very that's a million dollar question. Um, I do think systems is appropriate. You do work okay. on a lot of systems um, and kind of the architecture behind that. So maybe systems and process engineering or enterprise systems engineering. Yeah. I think that would be a fair, fair name for it. I think you definitely do more than that though. More so than that. Okay. Too, too that's narrow. That's the tricky, a little, I could say a little too narrow. I mean, enterprise systems and. <laughs> it's getting longer. It's getting it's longer. Hard. It is. I need like 20 words. Whenever people ask what I do or what I studied, I'm like, how much time do we have? Right. <laughs> so I have a lot to say. <laughs> I am an efficiency expert. That's what, that's what, exactly. I, that's, that's what you are. So exactly. you, you go off and uh, you, you start looking at jobs. And before we land on what you actually ended up doing, you, you had taken these internships. You said with like, uh, it was American Express and American uh, the Express. gas company. You were kind of like mm -hmm. moving around North. Yeah. North Grumman was for your senior project though, right? It was. I also had an internship at Providence Medical Center. So I did some healthcare. Wow. I was all over the place. Yeah. Wow. Where, which, which Providence is so huge. Were you at a specific hospital? Or? I was at one in Tarzana, which was um, a commute, wow. but someone kind of no took kidding. it. It was like, it was the first internship I got like the yes to. And I was like, I just have to do this because I yeah. need some experience and yeah. someone's got to take a gamble on me. So I just did it and I commuted. So it was a little rough. Wow. Very cool. Uh, so you, you've worked in, in healthcare, you've worked in the financial district, you've worked in utilities, uh, you've worked uh, in some way in defense. And so you're, you're out in this like job market, it's senior year, you're hunting down jobs. Did you have an industry you were targeting for? You mentioned consulting. Was it always consulting or was that one of the options? What, what, was, what was going through your mind at the time? It was one of the options. Consulting was something quite honestly that intimidated me a little bit sounded like such a wide net of, well, oh, you could do this or you could be working on that project. Yeah. Tell me, and tell me, tell me about the, cause there is this like mythical lore of like, well, you could be a consultant. And then like, whoever's telling you that is like weighing that word down with so much. So let's, let's yeah. pretend we don't know what you do. And let's talk about what do you, what do you hear about consulting? What are the good things? What are the bad things? And also what are the, everything in between? Yeah. Do you mean before I actually knew what consulting was? Yes. Or yes. No? Okay. Yeah. So like you said, um, like someone says, Hey, look into consulting. Yeah. I think you hear the good things or the appealing things, at least for me, where you're going to work with a lot of different companies. You're going to get a lot of exposure to different types of people, different industries, um, different business units, which I thought sounded really cool. I think the cons you constantly hear, you're going to be traveling Monday through Thursday every week. So you're never going to be home, which was one of actually the big reasons consulting turned me off personally, because I'm yeah. a giant homebody. Um, and attracts a lot of others. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It's a good way to see the world for sure. Um, I think it's also a grind. And I'm not going to say that one is falsified in any sure, way. Consulting, sure. definitely. I think a lot of people do get burnt out. You hear about that because you're grinding for your client. Um, I think for some bigger consulting firms, this is not true of all of them. You hear that you're kind of like a cog in the bigger wheel. So 
you know, there's a lot of different components and considerations, I think, to it. Um, but at least for me, the appeal of the positive things, and I actually ended up finding a smaller consulting firm that a lot of the, the cons, in my opinion, weren't a part of. So yeah. I kind of lucked out and got the best of both worlds. The, the, the industry itself has, uh, and then jump in, we got like PricewaterhouseCoopers, we got mm-hmm. Accenture, we got uh, Bain and Company, Deloitte. Deloitte. Yeah. Um, there's some healthcare consulting like GE. Uh, mm-hmm. healthcare those are kind of the big so players many. kpmg because mm-hmm. like the accounting firms yeah. also have consulting technical consulting arms as well so they're, they're kind of all out there and they recruit engineers like non-stop uh they do people seem to think that they hire business majors like <laughs> no they're coming straight over here for the engineers because of, yeah. again that stability that that ability to do more things uh, the technical know-how the mathematical skills um yeah they're not looking for business majors for those positions <laughs> Some are, so, but yeah, maybe a lot, maybe a lot a of them are going for the engineers. And a lot of people that I went to school with at USC ended up going into consulting. I think out of all the people that I was pretty close with, I would say 80%, maybe that's high compared to normal, but 80% of them went into, into consulting. Um, it's just, I think it's a good way to balance, like I was saying before, kind of those technical pieces, you know, uh-huh. and the big business acumen together uh, into a role. And that's exactly what it is. And you went with on-prem solution partners, right? I did, yes. Which is a much more—I don't think they like to be called boutique, but a smaller. Well, compared um, to these firm. bigger yeah. ones, and that's not at all a negative term. No, and there's—I think right now they're probably at about 200, 250 folks. So okay, pretty so small. What what is on-prem? So on-prem is a consulting firm. The main um, area that they focus in is in media and entertainment, mm-hmm. um, as well as some consumer products and goods. I personally worked only within the media entertainment realm. Um, but we basically will work with clients or they, I don't work there anymore, but I'm still so used to it. Um, they will work from the full end-to-end system development life cycle. So a client, let's say a studio would come to them and say, hey, we really want to build out this system that does, let's see, for me, like I built out a full franchise calendar for a media company. So they could see all of their releases for given movies across their consumer products and toys through to what movies were coming out, what comic books were coming out, um, what TV shows across their franchises to make informed decisions for um, their marketing department. So as an example, they would come and say, hey, we want to build this. Can you help us do that? We would say, sure, sounds great. We collect all of the requirements from the users, run workshops. We would design the solution, implement it, do full end-to-end testing, train the users, and then ultimately roll it out. Um, there are a lot of instances too, where there's an ask for, we don't really know what we need, but we know our, our process is really bad. So can you help us? And then you would go in and say, sure, let's look at how you do it today. Let's figure out kind of similar to what I was saying at North of Grumman, let's figure out where your inefficiencies are and come up with a better way to do this. And then you would really help from that strategic standpoint of re-engineering their process and then helping them through understanding different solution options Mm -hmm. and even doing the vendor selection of, okay, you could use this solution, A, B, or C. Let's look at pros and cons. Let's weigh it out and kind of go through that whole process. So it's a very large breadth of things that you can do there. And there's definitely others that I didn't touch on, but I would say those are some of the bigger, bigger pieces of examples. Uh, and on-prem, uh, I see, I, I've heard so many other students have gone to work for on-prem and it seems like Disney's mm-hmm. one of their big clients. Yes. Yeah. When I was there, 
I mean, that's one of the awesome parts I think that intrigued me is I worked with companies. I was there for since I graduated until this, the end of this February. So about five years. And in just that time, I had worked with Disney, Warner Brothers, DC Comics. Um, I worked with NBC Universal, Paramount. So they have connections and relationships across all of these big, you know, entertainment companies that I think, especially being from LA and like seeing, you know, all the posters yeah. and the billboards, it's yeah. like, it's a cool thing. And it sounds, sounds exciting. So it definitely drew me in. And I think that a lot of people misunderstand working in the consulting industry is like when you're working on this, you're essentially working at that company, right? Like you're, exactly. you're, you're, you're not like an, you have an on-prem like paycheck, but like you're going and working at Warner brothers, you, you've got this project, you got end to end, you got to figure it out. You're working on their behalf. And, and that's the fun part about consulting too, is that you, you might shift a client. You might stay with a client the entire time based on what types of scale of the project yep. that they need. Right. That's exactly right. Um, so that's actually the reason on-prem is called on-prem, which is confusing, but um, yeah, where does that name come on, from? <laughs> on-premises? On premise of oh. the client. So we, we don't have in LA a physical office. We all just go get integrated directly with the client. Um, and that's why they call it on-prem. Um, so yeah, you go into the office every day onto the studio lots. Um, you're basically one of the team with your client. And that's honestly the best part is you really become their partner. It doesn't always feel like you're just, you know, you're not speaking at them of, okay, here's our recommendation. Here's what you need to do. And you're the separate entity. You really do get entrenched with the client. You build really great relationships and even friendships with them. Um, and become basically a part of their team, oftentimes to the point where they want to keep people on for a very long time. Um, I was on projects ranging from uh, 12 weeks through to like a year and a half. So it definitely depends. And I know people who are on even longer than that. So it depends on the project, you know, the scope of of what you're doing, but it's, it's definitely fun. That's awesome. I remember hearing, and I don't remember the exact source of the story, so I can tell it because I have no idea whether it's true or not. Uh, but I remember hearing that on-prem was working with Disney be, and because it was basically like this like cybersecurity issue because the Avengers trailer got like leaked, right? I don't know if you, did you ever hear anything about this? Do you know anything about this? Or are you allowed to talk about this? I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe continue. <laughs> okay. So at some point it was like, there was this, and I don't remember, again, I, the, to, I'm removing all details honestly because I don't yeah. know them. Um, yeah. And I don't want to claim that I do. But it was like, there was this thing where like the Avengers trailer leaked and that actually was a giant cybersecurity issue because an on-prem was brought in to deal with all of these, um, I don't know, security wall issues, like basically like software mm-hmm. cybersecurity stuff. Um, because what ended up happening is that like Disney and a bunch of people lost a lot of money because they had partnerships yeah. to release the trailer or have these ad buys or ad mm-hmm. tie-ins or product merchandise stuff. Uh, and this, this, everyone thought it was an assumption that it was like this, like marketing strategy to quote unquote, leak <laughs> the trailer. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Disney just lost a ton of money and we're being hired wow. to go and make sure this never happens again. Yeah. On-prem does have a specialization within, um, like security and IP management and all of that. So I know that they were involved in some things around another movie that takes place in space that I probably can't speak to, but <laughs> they, um, they do do a lot of that. So that's a big piece of um, that. I'm not sure about this specific example. Okay, I, again, I, I, would, I would believe you, but <laughs> I, I, I'm yeah. not sure. I actually um, am not yeah. being coy. I just, I remember hearing something <laughs> like that. I remember on-prem Disney and I'm like, okay, well, let's see. Yeah, so, yeah, they no definitely claims. do that. And then also, I mean, I personally fell within kind of two pieces. One was IP and rights management. So mm. if let's say a studio creates some TV show that they want to sell to HBO, that whole process of 
how that gets negotiated, how that gets, you know, passed along basically between the two was a big piece that I was part of as far as the systems and process related to doing that. And then later um, during my time there was focused on um, CRM, which is customer relationship management, yeah. specifically within Salesforce. So I became doing expert expert in all things Salesforce and was implementing those solutions uh, the last couple of years. And that seems like the natural transition to tell us what you then went on to do because you left <laughs> your your lucrative, successful, almost five year long stint at on prem, and you're now in in the startup world, right? Full time. Yes, yes, full time. So. Um, I, well, kind of two things. One's a little bit more of a passion project for me, but while I was still at on-prem, I started my own e-commerce site. It's called Heron and Pine, H-E-R-O-N and cool. Pine. Um, and it's a woman's hat company, which is a complete departure from everything else that I had done. Um, but kind of just wanted to get my toes wet in the idea of what if I start something? What if I just go for it? Don't really have experience, but just try use my problem solving research skills and just do it. So while I was at on-prem, I started to build that out. Um, Wait, are you designing hats? I am designing and selling hats online. Yes, exactly. This is, I'm on the site right now. This is amazing. (laughs) And I'm debating whether I show my wife this because it's either going to cost me a lot of money or, (laughs) um, or she's going to want to join your business or both. Amazing. Yes. All the things for your wife, please. Um, but yeah, so I started that, which was last October. It's almost been, it'll be a year and almost exactly two months from now, which is, wow. was wild. And I just loved the amount of, um, I guess, fulfillment that I was getting from that. Um, and although I loved what I was doing at on-prem, you know, I thought, I think it's kind of time to become my own boss and really yeah. dive headfirst into the entrepreneurial world and just do it. And so I actually reached out to one of my good guy friends from USC who, uh, he was in Viterbi also. He was a computer science major. Um, I met him through my dorm like freshman year and we've just been good friends ever since. Um, and I knew he had done a bunch of different business ventures and different things in entrepreneurship. And he happened to be looking for a chief operation officer for um, the general marketing agency that he had just kicked off, which is Web Upgrade, where I work now. Um, and he's like, we're, you know, we're just getting started. We'd love for you to come on and kind of help get this off the ground. Are you interested? And I just said, yeah, let's do it. So took a lot of the skills I learned from Salesforce, which touches on sales and marketing and brought that into web upgrade. And we've been building it ever since. So web upgrade uh, optimizes your website. Uh, So let's say I'm a small business. Let's say I own a hat uh, designing company (laughs) called heronandpine.com. What would web upgrade do for me? Uh, Why would I want to engage with web upgrade? There's a couple things. Our key um, specializations are website design and development. Okay. So if for a new um, customer or someone who has an existing site, we'll go through and help understand from an optimization perspective, how to design it so that you're getting your highest conversions and and engagement, Mm -hmm. as well as fully develop that out so that it's a live site. In addition to that, we also specialize in search engine optimization, which is often called SEO, mm-hmm. um, which helps you rank highly on search engines. So when you search for women's hats, let's say, um, you want to be in that first page of Google because 92% of all um, clicks are going to go to that first page and hardly anyone moves past the first page. So if you're really not in those first 10 results, you're losing a bunch of the traffic um, and the customers that you could be getting. So we help optimize both 
from the website perspective itself, as well as what's called offsite SEO, which basically helps drive traffic to your site via other websites. So for instance, we might write a blog for Heron and Pine that says best fall hats for 2021. And then we're going to go reach out to other online outlets to help them link to that blog so that you get more traffic from people going to those sites. So there's a lot of other pieces that go into it, but very simply put, we work on those two components, as well as um, we do have a proprietary product for speed. So if your website loads slowly, you're losing a significant amount of the traffic that could convert into paying customers. So we help um, clients also optimize their speed. Wow. This is really cool. Yeah. And how are you feeling now that you've left that, uh, for lack of a better term, the grind of consulting and now entered into the grind yeah. of uh, entrepreneurial startup space? Because it's a it whole is. other, it's a whole other thing about <laughs> yeah. grind and, and stuff. A hundred percent. It is definitely still a grind. It definitely in a little bit of a different regard because you're kind of your own boss and you're setting that grind for yourself. But that's to say you also, I think, have a lot more... There's a lot more that you own yourself, right? When you work for a company, they're taking care of a lot of the operational things and the financial tracking and all of those kind of operational components. And you kind of focus on your one project or maybe a few. Um, and that's kind of your day to day. When you're at a startup, everything is your responsibility, right? So it's, it's a lot, but it's also been, I mean, I feel like I've learned so much in the last, what has it been? Almost five five months, six months now at web yeah. upgrade, just because I've had to, and yeah, yeah. you've got to get up to speed quickly. And, you know, we've been really successful in building out partnerships, which has really helped us grow, but there's just so many different ways to look at a business and to grow it and invest in it. So it's, it's crazy, but yeah, the grind is real. <laughs> it's definitely a grind. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's really funny because you're describing you're describing that idea for um, uh, consulting, and I was like, man, that's just it's just life, you know. Like you just get you have a different kind of grind. The question is, is it a grind that you're enjoying, that you're getting something out of, that you're feeling mm -hmm. fulfilled? Um, you're not hating life. <laughs> then, that's exactly then that's right. Yeah, if you love what you're doing and you feel yeah. passionate and you have that ownership and fulfillment, the grind is worth it, right? Like it's yeah. I right now I'm busier than I've been probably in my entire life. I have Heron and Pine, which I run completely by myself. I do everything, social PR, website, wow. all of it, um, sales, fulfillment, the whole thing. And then also doing web upgrade full time. And then I guess I just like to work too much because we're actually with the same person I am um, joined web upgrade with. We're actually building out a um, development shop for like applications within a um, venture capital firm. Wow. So there's just a lot of moving pieces, but it's all very exciting. Um, yeah, it's awesome. That's really cool. On, on your, on Heron and Pine, H-E-R-O-N-A-N-D-P-I-N-E.com, Heronandpine.com, yes. like the bird and the tree. Um, That's exactly where'd right. The name, where'd the name come from? So the name is an interesting story. So I was inspired to start all of this actually because of my grandmother. Oh. Um, she was a really strong woman who she migrated here from um, or immigrated here from China. And um, she basically had to kind of figure out what she was going to do, uh -huh. how to make a living for her family and just really grinded. She got yeah. into the real estate market, made a name for herself actually within Ladera Heights oh. um, and really, you know, fought for a lot of people who couldn't get homes at the time to be able yeah. to do so. So yeah. she was just a really inspiring woman, woman who was a big part of this. Um, and she you know, passed away last 
uh, right before basically I kind of decided to do this. And Hmm. I was like, I really want to do something to honor her. And to like, I know she's always wanted me to push myself to kind of do my own thing. So I happened, you know, started to think about what are some ideas to, that I would be passionate about to really launch this and just go for it. Like life's too short to keep saying, I want to be an entrepreneur and not doing it. So let's just go for it. Um, and I've always loved hats and I wanted to provide a semi, you know, affordable and high quality option and went for it. Um, and the name was actually, she used to, my grandma used to have a picture on her wall um, and like her f- entryway and it had herons like the bird and pine trees. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I like the way it sounds. And then I was kind of looking up what it meant and it actually stands for um, resilience, heron and pine and um, kind of being like empowered to do those things. And I was like, that is so fitting because I'm inspired by someone who did all these amazing, amazing things, had resilience and really the confidence to push on and really natural to use it. So that's, that's how it came to be. That's amazing. I love that so much. I love the company so much. I have so many questions. I'm going to boil it down to just one, (laughs) but you design a hat. Does that mean you're drawing it? And, or does that mean you're actually getting a a machine out and making it? Like, how does this, how does this work? I'm so, I I don't even know. Yeah. So I don't make the hats myself. That would be a whole production facility. Eventually, That's correct. Yeah. So I do the design piece. Some of it will start with at times I'll kind of draw some ideas out um, or I'll look at some like existing hat bodies that are made to see which ones I like. And then Mm -hmm. adding in how you want the brim to be. So do you want it to be straight? Do you want it to have curved up edges? Do you want it to be concave down? Kind of thinking through all of those components, coming up with the color palette. Um, Sometimes you can actually, you know, you can get some of your own colors created and mixed. So playing with that's always fun doing all of the trim. So do you want to do ribbons? Do you want to do a leather band? Should it be removable? Should it be attached? Like all of these kind of minor um, details, kind of thinking through all of those. And then um, once the designs are kind of locked in, getting it created by the production um, company. And then it's lots of samples, honestly, to get it right. Like right now I'm trying to work through my straw hat line and that has been quite a process of lots and lots of samples. So hopefully soon. (laughs) Is this the thing like you got a giant inventory just waiting to go or are you making these like on, on order? Yeah, I have a decent amount of inventory. Um, They're not on order just because if I made them myself, that may be a plausible model, but it's just right now since I'm purely doing design there, we have inventory. That's great. This is really impressive and really, really cool. Everything looks really, really great. And I love the whole story. Congratulations on it. Uh, I wish you so much future success in addition to (laughs) all the web upgrade stuff. I mean, this is, this is cool. Uh, And I'm I'm so happy for you. Um, Thank you. Engineer who designs and makes her own hats and also will help you with your SEO. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Trying to come up with a byline. Pitching myself. I know it's like a, there's just too many. I've, bitten off a lot of different things to do right now, but I wouldn't ask for anything else. So it's awesome. It's amazing. It's awesome. If, if you're, if you're willing to play along, um, I, I have a couple last final questions for you. And then I want to go to something I've always wanted to do in our podcast and I've never been good at it, but I remembered this time and I'm going to try to make it happen for this year. Okay. We're going to end with a lightning round of questions just for fun. Oh stuff. boy. I know. They used I to know. do this on like K rock or something. I yes. feel like I used to hear yes. this. Okay. Yes. Yes. Same idea. I'm so I, now. <laughs> I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm, I'm prepping you for that. But before we get to lightning round, thinking back on your time at USC, um, mm-hmm. what's, what's one memory that just sticks out to you as far as like a, like, Oh, I remember that oh. day. Or I remember that thing that I always did. 
Okay, that's a very hard question because there's so many good memories. Know, I'm trying to make it as um, broad as possible, like the thing <laughs> that pops up. I would say probably something, it's only happened once, which is why I think it stays in my memory so strongly. Mm-hmm. And it does have to do with football, which is so typical USC. It's a big part of your brain because it's like a big day. Like the, yeah. the scope of, of a football day is, is a big day. It totally is. I want to say it was probably my junior year. And we were playing Stanford at home and it was pretty much looking like an upset. We were not playing very well. We were down. It was the fourth quarter, just really not a great game, but we were kind of hanging in there enough to, to be there. And we thought it was pretty much over. And then the last, I want to say I have a couple minutes or even a couple seconds, I'd have to look it up. We won yeah. and the entire student section just stormed the field. And I feel like that like never happens. And so we all just like, ran down there we're celebrating and it just like was this moment of like camaraderie and excitement yeah. that has just stuck with me it was such an amazing memory it's a it's an odd feeling as a um as a spectator to say we did it like we didn't do anything but like it sure yeah. felt like it right like it sure <laughs> it felt sure like your, your emotions were with them the whole time and when it happens it's a it's a cool thing Exactly. When, when you ever make your way back to campus, or let's say I'm saying, hey, I need you to come to campus for some sort of particular reason. What are the things you need to see? What are the things you need to drive by? Where do you need to eat What what, what when you're oh, going back? Man, you know, what's it's funny because we didn't have the beautiful USC village that is now there. And I see yeah. it with all these yeah. like, nice restaurants. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that used to be this like dingy food court with like really the uv don't knock the uv don't don't knock don't knock sandwich island sandwich island all the time (laughs) sandwich island in the uv was was the vibe or the mongolian barbecue that was that was that's what i was gonna say i used to eat at that mongolian barbecue all the time so i was very sad when that wasn't there anymore it's just old Um, 1970s like like that that was the like now that it's gone it's like oh i can't believe that's gone like but it was it it was it back in the day it was cool at the time um, I would say, what do I eat when I go there? I mean, I'm usually there for game day. Realistically, I've gone a couple other times here and there. So yeah. I always buy a victory dog off of Got the it. vendors who are just selling street vendors, bacon wrapped hot dog. Definitely my go-to. Some people I've call them collie dogs. Some people call them bacon dogs. Some people call them LA street dogs. Some people call them victory dogs. If you're a USC person, yeah. sometimes of recent years, I've noticed that your, your particular generation calls them victory dogs, but I've heard yeah. all of these across the board. Yeah, so definitely a victory dog. Um, I also, we used to always frequent um, Bacaro, which is a couple streets mm. away. Yeah, but yeah, now yeah. they have, you know, they've kind of franchised out a little bit. So there's other versions of it around, which is interesting. Yeah, so it's become a big thing. Yeah, so that's always a good one too. If we're looking for something a little bit nicer than the victory dog. Um, and then places to go. I mean, honestly, I'm usually there for some good tailgates. My dad and I actually got like a joint brick in the Viterbi area um, because we still donate. So we always like to go and see that, which is kind of fun and like a cute in thing the quad. that we get to share. You have a brick yeah. in the quad. Cool. Exactly. So we do that, you know, the Tommy Trojans, a classic. Um, yeah. Awesome. I think that's kind of it. Awesome. And you're in LA. So it's not like you're like checking out LA stuff. You're always in LA. So that's good stuff. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, before I get to, is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything I can help you with or any questions you have for me? Like, I feel like you've been helping me so much <laughs> with this and, and being so great with your time. Yeah. I mean, not really. It's like good to see you. It's been such a long time. So I don't, nothing really comes to mind. All right. Well, I just want to give you the opportunity before I light you up with our lightning round questions. Are you ready? 
I think maybe. Okay. <laughs> the, <do> <laughs> the clock starts now. Uh, texting or talking? Texting. Favorite day of the week? Saturday. Favorite city in the U.S. besides the one you live in? Um, New York City. Ooh. Nickname your parents used to call you? My mom used to call me Petunia. Petunia. <laughs> uh, last song you downloaded. Let's just say the last song you actually searched for and played. Oh, my gosh. Um, my friend manages this really cool band called Private Island, and I listen to all their things. So it's Ooh. probably that. Good sounds, plug. Check sounds, them out. <laughs> sounds fancy, Private Island. Um, would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Mm, speak every language. Favorite holiday? Christmas. How long does it take for you to get ready? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, let's go with 40 minutes. Wow. Wow. Even My boyfriend's in, probably like laughing. You probably can hear this. He's like, no, it's probably more than that. Even in your tone, you know it's not true. Like, let's go with 40 minutes. Well, so not a good day. Yeah. <laughs> Scale of one to 10. How good of a driver are you? Uh, six. That's also one where you're like, oh, look at that. I'm not tone. a very good parallel parker. <laughs> and we live in LA and you constantly have to. So once I, everyone has a backup camera, they're cheating. I'm like old school looking back. Oh, wow. I don't know. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, fill in the blank. Taylor Swift is blank. Amazing. Amazing. Okay, good. At what age do you want to retire? Oh, man. Oh, 60? Okay. I feel like I'll always want to have something. Yeah, I, you're, like, you're, just you're, love it. You're so. going to have like three startups at yeah. retirement. Exactly. Uh, invisibility or super strength? Invisibility. And is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Did the BSAs come up with these? Those are cute. I like uh, that. That is really cute. I would love to give them credit. It is literally me Googling lightning round questions and finding <laughs> it, finding one that I thought was appropriate. I love it. That's awesome. Awesome. Jackie, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, it has been a pleasure to see you again and to hear about all your successes. I can't wait to hear more about Heron and Pine. I can't wait to hear more about, I didn't say Heron and Pine. I said Pine yes. for some reason. Heronandpine.com <laughs> for some really awesome hats uh, to see how a in engineer starts, a hat up, uh, starts up a hat company and web upgrade and all of your success there. Congratulations. I hope I see you sometime soon in the near future yes. uh, in person where, where there's actually something going on. We'll have to get maybe a group together, but thank you. Thank Definitely. you. Thank you. I can't thank you enough. I'll let you know when we, when we put this up. I think it's, I think it's going to go up this Sunday. Um, so awesome. I'm so excited. Well, thank you again for having me. This was super fun. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. So what'd you think, Emily? Oh, wow. I just, it's incredible hearing Jackie's story. And I mean, she just does it all. She like the hats. I look them up online. They're beautiful. And yeah, just, Heron and Pine. Yeah. People always say that, like, um, like they always say in Viterbi, like if you're an engineer, you can do anything. And she literally is like the best example of that.
Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you literally can do anything. And like, again, I, I think I mentioned in the episode, but then I've since talked to my wife and she's like, oh, I've seen that site. Oh no, I've already been shopping on that site. Like my, my wife already knew Whoa. about Heron and Pine. And uh, she's like, yeah. And she's, my, I found out my wife's like, yeah, I've actually been looking into like designing my own hats. And so I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Oh. This is all weird. Now to me. Like, this is... <laughs> so who knew? I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah, I guess it's like a trend now that people are like designing their own hats. Did you know about this? No, I, oh. I feel like I'm not very up with the trends, but I am definitely, I definitely yeah, I definitely really liked her hats though. I feel like they were stylish, but like pretty classic. I feel like even yeah. my grandma would like if I was wearing one of those or something. Yeah. Well, well, I, Hey, I think you should, I think you should go for one. I think you should get one, start rocking it on <laughs> campus and, uh, and then start promoting Heron and Pine. Um, what were you, um, most surprised about in, in Jackie's conversation or in her journey? Not knowing you haven't known you didn't know her before. Yeah, I didn't know her before. I guess I was surprised about like her journey into USC, I guess, because it was very different from mine. Yeah. Like I kind of stumbled across USC. It was like, yeah. oh, like you well, USC was an option. And then I came here and I loved it. And mm-hmm. it was totally a surprise. I didn't expect you to come here really at all. Um, and then her is like she's born in a song girl like dress so <laughs> like I can't imagine having that amount of like Trojan family like coursing through my veins <laughs> yeah it's weird it's really really weird to see that on one hand like I, I love seeing kids like all you know ready to go like that on the other hand I'm like oh, should I put like that much pressure on my kid to like feel indoctrinated into it although they have fun too you know it's it's this weird weird balance but Hey, you know, everybody, everybody has their own thing. And it's super cool to see kids all like pumped up about USC stuff. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, um, uh, what do you think about the, uh, the lightning questions, lightning round questions? Should we, should we oh, keep doing those? Yeah. I liked them. Honestly, they were like fun. I think it might be interesting putting it at the beginning. Cause I feel like it kind of lets people like get loose a little oh, bit Okay. Uh, and relax a little bit. Okay. But, I really liked the questions, especially the animal crackers one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. Well, I'll, I'll do that same round for our next one. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm debating in my head. I'm 50-50 on putting them at the front, um, but I'll see. We'll, 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 we'll think about it a little bit more because we're going to do another yeah. one later today. Um, well, anyway, Jackie is so cool. And as a reminder to everyone listening, if you... Well, for, let's let's pump up both of her businesses, webupgrade.com. Uh, Check that out. She's the chief operating officer at Web Upgrade. If you have businesses or things that you need to do or your parents do. And if you're looking for some really cool hats, get a heronandpine.com. Uh, some awesome hats. And hopefully she'll get those straw hats out soon. She says she's working on that design, oh, yeah. um, which is awesome. And hopefully we will see Jackie sometime real soon back on campus so that uh, we could say hi in, in person. Uh, Emily, what uh, are you getting ready for classes? Classes are starting this week. Yeah, classes start in a couple weeks now. Oh, a couple like, weeks? I thought it was this week. Am I crazy? No, it's on the twenty third. Oh, classes start. I'm so I'm so I'm so uh, confused because I'm yeah. coming back to campus next week, and then I'm seeing I'm, people move in next week, and then also my daughter starts school next week. So I think every, yeah. in my world, everything is next week, but classes start the 23rd, sorry. Yeah, and it's actually super cool. Campus is so busy right now. Everyone is on campus. I've been studying, and I always study in the village. That's my go-to spot. I kind of, I might be a plant or something. Like I need the sun to like <laughs> <Yeah>. recharge. <laughs> 
Um, so I study in the village and it's so much busier now. And I see all these like, um, I call them kids, but the college students with their parents. Um, My favorite thing in the world when seniors start calling freshmen kids. Uh, Look at all these kids. Look at all these kids. They're like three years younger than me. I feel like I call everyone a kiddo. I'm like, oh yeah, this kiddo over here. But yeah, it was just great. And um, I volunteer at the hospital right next to the Lorenzo, which is another place that a lot of people live at USC. And they have so many people moving in. Um, To Lorenzo, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I'm excited. That is great. That is really great. It's great to hear. There's there's a lot of energy. I mean, I'm just seeing it on emails, the amount of stuff that's going on. We are trying to get our operation kind of slowly back up and running for some mm-hmm. for some in-person stuff. No, no in-person events at all, but just to kind of be present a little bit more. Um, and we'll slowly start making our way back. I'll let you all know out there listening when we're going to start doing in-person stuff, but um, not yet. Not yet. Just yeah. we have lots of virtual programming. So if you're ever interested in learning more about the school and want to check in with us, our virtual programming is always ready to go. You can go to viterbi.link slash events, viterbi.link slash events, if you ever want to sign up for anything. And when we have uh, in-person events, we will also update that page to make sure that you're able to, to sign up. But our virtual sessions go on Tuesdays and Thursdays at four o'clock and Fridays I have transfer sessions every other Friday. So good, good stuff there. Uh, anything else going on in your week uh, this, this week, Emily, or anything else we should, we should tell people about? Not really. I mean, it seems like most people's internships have wound down. Most mm. of my friends are taking the week off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my projects are winding down too. I just finished this project I've been working on for like nine months and I sent it in to be printed and yeah. now there's nothing else I can do <laughs> until it's back. And it's really liberating actually. Oh, good. You feel like that weight off your shoulders got like a little bit of downtime before you kind of jump into classes. Yeah, it was, this project was definitely probably the hardest thing I've ever done. It was just um, so long and I didn't know how to do it at all, but I feel like I learned so much. And now, like, if I had to do the same work again, it would take probably like three weeks. So, oh. well, there you go. <laughs> I've gotten a lot more efficient at doing it. Yeah, that's basically life. The first time you do something, it's going to take forever. And then they're like, oh, wait, I know how to do this now. I get through this. Yeah. So now I'm like I have more iterations of the project and I'm not dreading them anymore. I'm really excited to do it now. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, well, I teased at the front end that I was going to tell you what I was doing this oh, weekend. Yeah. And I, I just looked at the calendar and again, my weeks are way off. It's next weekend. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you anyway, because maybe this would be like a two week buildup because next week we'll talk about it's going to happen. But next Saturday, I'm going to do goat yoga. Oh, that's so exciting. I've never done this. I'm being pulled into this. Um, So we shall see how this is going to go. But this is a a one week warning to goat yoga. And then next week, it'll be a one day warning. And then we'll see how (laughs) that I'll let you know how it how it ended up. That's actually so funny, because I was talking to one of my campers about this at Adams. Uh And I was like, yeah, people do like yoga with cats and dogs and like goats. And she was like, but why would you want to do that? <laughs> Great question. I have no idea. I've seen people do this other than it's just like goats are cute and that you get to play with them. And I have no attraction to that. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. Um, other things happening this week. Uh, one thing I will be on campus for is the new student welcome. And so if you're one oh, yeah. of our incoming students, 
The new student welcome is Thursday, August 19th. Uh, and come over and say hi to me because I've never seen any of you in person. And I'd love to see you all in person. Uh, and I will be there. I'm excited to see you all there. Um, I, I still, I don't really know what I'm doing there, but I will be present uh, yeah. at, some, at some point. I'm there. I'm going to be there too. I also do not know what I'm doing. We haven't received I, our instructions, have we? <laughs> I think I'm on a panel, but I'm not sure like what I wear I've never done an in-person panel. I've only done panels on Zoom. Have you really? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We have to we have to have talks about that. It's a big hey. moment for me. It's a big everything's weird. I was I think I said this in the interview or I I don't know now I don't know who I've been talking to but uh, I was saying like you know seniors are the only people on campus that have you are the only group of people on campus that have ever been on campus for 1 year. Yeah. Ugh. That's it. You have a full year experience. I have a year and a half. Year and a half. I'm sorry, you have, but you have one full year experience. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you've never done spring semester twice. There are so many things I miss too. Like I'm hoping the farm farmer's market comes back. I've gotten no word on that. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't know if you knew, if you knew what Good Karma Cafe was. Mm, yeah. That's like you um, like have, take Tupperware and stuff like that. Or, yeah. Right? They're they moved to Colorado, but essentially it was like this vegan, all you can eat, um, like not even a cafe. It was like a pop-up. They would just like bring vegan food and you'd pay like $3 to get unlimited vegan food. And you could put it all in like Tupperwares and stuff as much as could fit on your plate. Mm -hmm. And that was like a very steady stream of food for me. And that's gone too. So <laughs> I'm kind of bummed about good karma. Well, maybe this will inspire you to cook your own and maybe this will inspire you to start your own Good Karma Cafe. I'm just thinking maybe this was their ultimate plan. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's Good Karma uh, Reincarnated. That's the name of it. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, right? maybe I'll work on that. Work on that little pop up and you don't have to do it every week. Just like, you know, every little while, like Good Karma Reincarnated, get some money and start cooking and go from there. Oh yeah, they have the best salad dressing. Definitely plug for their website buying the salad dressing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, let's get out of the way. Emily, thank you so much for uh, being here and doing this. And uh, mm -hmm. for all of you listening, thank you for joining us. We will see you next week with a whole new episode.